Welcome to the Daily Office Lectionary. I'm Father Reed. I'll be sharing the Word of God with you through the Daily Office Lectionary. Now you might ask yourself, what's the Daily Office Lectionary? It is a series of scriptures located at the back of the Book of Common Prayer. The Book of Common Prayer is an Anglican slash Episcopal church prayer book that has a listing of readings which begin with the first Sunday of Advent through proper 29, which concludes the season of Pentecost. We have studied the first Sunday of Advent, the four Sundays, and last week we looked at Christmas, and I gave you lots of scriptures to think about for Christmas. This week we are going to look at the epiphany and following. Now, the, for those of you that are looking at this in great detail and are looking at the scriptures that are located on the podcast, you'll see a listing of the scriptures, and you'll notice it will say epiphany, and then it will say January 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, and 12, and eve of first epiphany. And those scriptures will be listed for you. And then next week, I'll be looking at the week of first epiphany. And the week of first epiphany is about the baptism of Jesus. The birth of Jesus, as you know, is on Christmas Day, December 25th. Jesus is circumcised after eight days on January the 1st. We call that the holy name of Jesus. In fact, uh, it's a wonderful celebration, a wonderful series of scriptures for that day. Then we have the Epiphany, January the 6th, immovable day, immovable day, where we celebrate the gift of the Magi. Remember the Magi that offered Jesus gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And then we have several days afterwards, as I just shared with you, and then we jump right into first Epiphany, which is the baptism of Jesus, and so we begin his adult life. We don't know much about what happened to Jesus between his birth and his beginning of his public ministry at about 30 years old. There are a few scriptures, but not many. There are no scriptures in John. There are no scriptures in Mark. And as you know, we have a couple of chapters in Luke, and we have a couple of chapters in Matthew. Matthew 1 and 2, Luke 1 and 2. Now, if you look at the scriptures that we've outlined for you for the epiphany and following, they are fabulous. And all I'm going to try to do with you and for you is to just elucidate and share with you some ideas regarding the scriptures. But in the end, please read them carefully, and I hope you'll enjoy them. In the Old Testament, we've got an eclectic group of scriptures from Isaiah, from Deuteronomy, from Jeremiah, from Genesis. These are very famous scriptures, they're very important, they're very significant, so you get right to the heart of the matter. In the New Testament, we have Revelation 21, which is certainly talking about heaven. Uh, the last chapter of uh, the Bible is Revelation 22. And then we have the great book of Colossians. Love Colossians. Colossians 1 and 2 and 3 to 4, 6. So we'll very quickly be going over Colossians, beautiful text. And then finally, the gospel readings in John, John 6, 7, 8, 10, 14, and 15. So let's jump right in. Isaiah 49, 1 through 7. Listen to me, you islands, verse 1. Hear this, you distant nations. 
Before I was born, the Lord, the Lord called me. From my birth, he made mention of my name. He made my mouth like a sharpened sword. In the shadow of his land, he hid me. He made me into a polished arrow and conceived me in his quiver. He said to me, you are my servant, Israel, in whom I will display at my splendor. The end of verse 6. I will make you a light for the Gentiles that you may bring my salvation to the ends of the earth. So this is a very important person that is going to bring the salvation of Israel. And remember, this is about 700 BC. So the Lord is prophesying this person coming to do a great work among them. In Deuteronomy chapter 8, Deuteronomy chapter 8, remember we've got Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Be careful to follow every command. Oh, by the way, happy uh, new year to all of you. We begin the year uh, 2022 together by looking at our daily office lectionary. Boy, if we could do chapter 8, verses 1 through 3, that would be a fabulous way to start the year. Be careful to follow every command I am giving you today so that you may live and increase and may enter and possess the land that the Lord promised on oath, oath to your forefathers. Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the desert these 40 years to humble you and to test you in order to know what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep his commands. He humbled you, causing you to hunger and then feeding you with manna, which neither you nor your fathers have known, to teach you that man does not live by bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. The importance of following the commandments of God. So Isaiah 49 is a prophecy. Deuteronomy 8, we are reading the commandments of the Lord, how he wants us to live our daily life, to follow him, to honor him, to love him, and to serve him. Exodus 17, back, go left. We're now in the Pentateuch again. The second book of the Bible, Exodus 17, verses 1 through 7. Water from the rock. So they have left Israel. They have celebrated the Passover, and they are uh, moving by the light of the Lord and the leading of the Lord. And this is a series of scriptures in Exodus, if you would read on, uh, of how God uses them and leads them and guides them to the promised land. Now that he got them out of Egypt and got them through the Red Sea uh, and uh, saved them and uh, took care of them and provided for them, he's now going to lead this large group of people through Moses to the promised land. And Isaiah 45, those middle chapters in Isaiah are very, very good if you haven't read them before. Isaiah 45, 14 to 19. This is what the Lord says, verse 18. He who created the heavens, he is God. He who fashioned and made the earth, he founded it. He did not create it empty, but formed it to be inhabited. I am the Lord, there is no other. I, the Lord, verse 19, speak the truth. I declare what is right. What a beautiful scripture. He is the creator. He tells us the truth. He shares the truth with us. We need to listen to him. Another wonderful beginning to the new year. Listen to the Lord. Do what he says. Deuteronomy chapter 8, 1 through 3. Listen to his commandments. Follow his commandments. Jeremiah 23, another prophet. Jeremiah 23 talks about the righteous branch. The days are coming, declares the Lord, verse 5, when I will raise up to David a righteous branch, a king who will reign wisely and do what is just and right in the land. 
This is the name by which he will be called the Lord our righteousness. So he's talking about the Messiah. He's talking about the one that's going to come hundreds of years before it happens. And so epiphany is about appearing. The epiphany, epiphanos is the Greek word, means appearing. So Jesus is going to appear. So he begins his ministry on the first Sunday uh, after the epiphany uh, with the baptism, which we'll look at next week in those scriptures next week. But he's going to appear. We're looking at scriptures now in um, Isaiah and Exodus and Jeremiah. Isaiah 55 is another scripture that's listed in, in Genesis 49. He's going to appear. He's going to come. How is he going to manifest himself? What is he going to look like? Uh, what is he going to say? What is he not going to say? What is he going to do? What is he not going to do? And so these are beautiful listing of scriptures for the Old Testament. Now in Revelation 21, just very quickly, this is the sun, this is the Epiphany Day text, 21-22. I did not see a temple in the city because the Lord Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. So you've got God Almighty and you've got the Lamb, Jesus. Remember, both are God, divine, holy trinity. The city does not need the sun or the moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives it light, and the lamp, lamb is the lamp. The splendor of the nations will walk by its light. The kings of the earth will bring their splendor into it. Now we're looking at the end. How does this all work out at the end? So in Jeremiah and Isaiah and Exodus, Genesis, we start way at the beginning, and Revelation takes us all the way to the end. Nothing impure will enter his kingdom. This is verse 27. Nothing impure will ever enter it, nor will anyone who does what is shameful or deceitful, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. He's talking about going to heaven. Colossians chapter 1. So now we're going to look at the book of Colossians. And uh, this is a wonderful, extraordinarily wonderful book. I've recently completed a couple of years study of Colossians at All Saints, looking at it line by line, sometimes a couple of lines each week. This is an ex extraordinarily good letter and a beautiful way to start the year. Colossians chapter 1. What we are looking at is Paul is dealing with a group of people that are sharing with the Colossian people untrue theology, untrue matters regarding Christ. And what Paul is doing throughout the letter, he's sharing the truth about Christ. So this is a very high Christological text, meaning there's a very high view of Christ in this uh, book, the book of Colossians. Secondly, he's refuting the errors and the teachings of the folks that are presenting the lies to the Colossians. He's urging the Colossians, obviously, not to believe, but he's also sharing with them what the truth is and what they're hearing that is false so that he's correcting them and encouraging them to stay in the faith. He does the same thing with the Thessalonians in 1 Thessalonians and 2 Thessalonians. So Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, chapter 1, verse 1, and Timothy, our brother, to the holy and faithful brothers of, in Christ at Colossae, grace and peace to you from God our Father. 
And so what he's going to do is to talk about his pastoral relationship with him. And in the context of this, you know, if you had a, a person writing a letter, you'd have some nice things to say, but it'd be boring after a while. The thing about Paul that's so extraordinary is his ability to share very deep truths in his letters as he's dealing with an issue in the church. For this reason, verse 9, for example, since we've heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you and asking God to fill you with all the knowledge of his will through all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Well, I pray that for everyone as, again, we begin our new year together, that you would have and I would have spiritual wisdom and understanding. And the next verse, 10, and we pray this in order that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way. Well, I'm praying that for us too. Bearing fruit in every good work. Boy, that's important. Growing in the knowledge of God. That's important. Strengthen with all power according to the glorious might to which so that you may have great endurance and patience and joyfully giving thanks to the Father. And he goes on and on. Read slowly, read carefully. Colossians chapter 1, 15 to 23 is about the supremacy of Christ and how great Christ is, how wonderful he is, how dynamic he is, how powerful he is, how he is praying for the church. If you continue your faith, verse 23, established and firm, not moved from the hope held out in the gospel. So Paul says at the end of chapter 1 that we proclaim him, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone perfect in Christ. So he's dealing with this false teaching, which he does particularly in chapter 2 and chapter 3, and he encourages us to follow the Lord. To this end I labor, verse 29, struggling with all his energy, which so powerfully works in me. So Paul is giving up his entire self in order to help the Colossians see the supremacy of Christ and to counter the false understanding that these folks have in Christ. He goes into chapter 2 and verse 9, for in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. You have been given fullness in Christ who is head over every power and authority. So he's talking about how great Christ is. So those of us that are constantly working on our relationship with Christ, Colossians 1 and 2 are fantastic examples of great doctrine about who Christ is and the importance of finding the reality in Christ. At the same time, he's dealing with some issues in the church of which there is disagreement. Now, in chapter 3, he's talking to us more about how we should live our lives. The first two chapters, like Ephesians, the first several chapters of Ephesians, the first couple of chapters of Colossians are about doctrine. The second half is about the way we should live our lives. So when you get to chapters 3 and 4, you want to be looking and thinking about these scriptures in such a way as to how you're going to live your life. Chapter 3, 1 through 4 is one of my favorite texts in the Bible. Since then you have been raised with Christ, set your heart on things above. Where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. Your mind and your heart. You died, doctrine. Your life is now hidden with Christ, doctrine. When Christ is your life appears, you will also appear with him in glory, doctrine. So the first two sentences are about where we should place our thoughts and our actions, our heart and our mind. And the second, uh, third and fourth verses are about the reality that we have in Christ. So he tells us in verse 5 to put to death whatever belongs to our earthly nature. 
this is how I want you to live. And he begins to share that with them. In chapter 3, verse 18, 19, 20, and 21, there's an excellent uh, series of scriptures short about the family, very important, and about masters and slaves at the end of chapter 3 and the beginning of chapter 4. In John's gospel, which those of you that have uh, worked with us uh, and listened to the daily lectionary readings and looking at the word of God all these uh, months, we have spent quite a bit of time in John, but let's quickly go through these texts. Again, you could never read them enough. In John chapter 6, verses 30 to 33 and 48 to 51, we have Jesus being the bread of life, basically meaning who is going to sustain you on a daily basis. How are you going to be nurtured? How are you going to be fed? The great sixth chapter answers that question. In John chapter 7, 37 to 52, we see how Jesus says, whoever believes in me, verse 38, as the scripture said, streams of living water will flow from within them. By this he meant the spirit whom those who believed in him were later to receive. So the coming of the Holy Spirit. One of the great things about Jesus' ministry is that the Holy Spirit comes among them. In John chapter 8, 12 to 19, Jesus says, This is the light of the world, and whoever follows him will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Now again, as you're reading these scriptures and meditating on them on a day-to-day basis, these are scriptures you may have heard before, or you may have read them many, many times. Give them some thought, some prayer, and some contemplation. Chapter 10 is about Jesus as the good shepherd. And chapter 14 is about the coming of the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit is going to work in our lives. Chapter 14, 6 to 14. How the Holy Spirit's going to work. Uh, It also talks about our relationship with Christ. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Uh... I will do whatever you ask in my name so the Son may bring glory to the Father. You may ask for anything in my name. I will do it. Show us the Father. So we had this great relationship between the Father and the Son. And in that second half of John chapter 14, we have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. We see the same idea in chapter 15 about Jesus being the true vine and the Father is the gardener, verse 1. And we remain in him and he remains in us. And so, again, back to that intimate relationship. So John sets that up beautifully uh, and shares with us about the intimacy of Christ in chapters 14 and 15 of John. But in the beginning of the chapters, he tells us how great Jesus is and uh, talks about him being the bread of life in chapter 6. talks about him being the light of the world in chapter 8. In chapter 9, we have this phenomenal healing. In chapter 10, he's the good shepherd. Chapter 11, he raises up Lazarus. I mean, he's this extraordinary person. You see the same thing in Colossians. So when you juxtapose Colossians readings with John readings, I think you're going to very much appreciate the lectionary readings for this coming week. And again, as I said earlier, in the Isaiah readings, prophecy, in the Exodus readings, you see the reality of what God is doing and what God is going to do in Christ and preparing them for the coming of the Lord. Well, again, Happy New Year to you all. I hope you be... You enjoy the epiphany and following days from January the 6th to January the 12th. Next week, we'll be looking at first epiphany and the beginning of Jesus' ministry. God bless you all.